Hello everybody and welcome to This Game Where with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Bonjour everyone. Bonjour tout le monde, ça va? Mm, showing off. Did you learn that in primary school? Secondary. French. Secondary school? Didn't do French at primary school. Oh. Around my neck of the woods. I hope the listener's doing well as well. There you go. I thought you just said that in French. Do you not know oh, what yeah. you said? I can't remember what I said. Oh. It's, sorry, it's really hot today. I, I feel muggy and sticky and horrible. And also there's flies everywhere. Have you, have you got loads of flies at yours? No, that that would concern me. That often means that there's something dead. Oh, oh. Well, I said loads. There's a few. There was a big a big one buzzing around and it, it wouldn't land anything long enough for me to get it and it was doing my head in. Just catch it out of the air like, like we do in this house. Like Barack Obama did in that interview. Did he? Yeah. I was thinking more Mr. Miyagi. He did an interview where he caught a fly with his, his fingers, but then I I don't know, was it maybe photoshopped in to make it look good? I don't know. I The big ones... I doubt the, it. The ones that I believe, I, I assume you're talking about, the big ones, I used to catch them with my hands. Really? Ugh. Yeah, because they, they're quite slow. I can't think of anything worse. Touching a fly. Ugh, give me well, heebie-jeebies. He, yeah. I mean, I can understand that being a problem for you, given that you don't wash your hands. It's true. That's maybe what I feel. Sticky. Yeah. Maybe. Right, what game are we doing today? <laughs> Good segue. Well Thanks. done. Very professional. This week, it, I mean... Is this sticky? No, it's not sticky. I mean, it's a sticky situation. Oh. But I was just trying to think if there maybe is a fly in the game, but I don't think there is. Sticky situation is, is tenuous, but I, I like it. I approve. It's this game where your character listens to the story of a woman and neither of them leave their chairs during the whole thing. No. 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 I don't know. No! Women, no! That, is that what that was? That's me. That, Did you I, just I'm... have an adverse reaction to the fact that the protagonists in this in this game are both female? That's me. You know, I hate women. Is it one of these... Yeah. Um, it felt like it. Is it one of these things where it's a game that's not a game? What does that mean? Like Pokemon Smile? No. Where it's like a FMV, like Night Trap, but not Night Trap. <laughs> I mean, you're getting warmer, yeah. Is it that one that's in a police station? What's that? What's that one? I can't. I don't know what it's called, but it's where. Why? The... Why are you giving this gesticulation of tickling balls? I'm, that's that's me grasping for an idea, trying to grasping re- for some re- testicles. Reach it from the ether. That so that is how you. That's how you visualise trying to grab hold of an idea. Yeah, tickling the same it way out. that you tickle someone's <laughs> testicles. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Well, not that. I tell you that much. Well, that's maybe got me into some sticky situations myself. Yeah. You are you are right. It is that game. Can you not remember what it is? No, I can't. So it's called Her Story. Like history, but the, the other version. Yeah? Is it that? I suppose. I yeah, suppose. I don't... You are coming across very strange as a, as today. A real raving misogynist. Rampant I'm sorry. misogynist, yeah. It's, I blame the heat because I'm not, I'm not a misogynist. I don't think. You you are around the right people. Yeah, true. You've got many faces. Anyway, Her Story is a game I'm aware of. And I know that everyone raves about how blooming good it is, so I'm quite excited. Well, they are right to rave. This came out in 2015. It won some awards. I didn't really look into it. 2015? Is it that old? Yeah. I genuinely thought this came out like well. two years ago. No. Well, a lot's happened since then. True. But it, yeah, 2015, it was actually part of, in my head, it was part of this run of very good games that includes this. It might have even led with this and then um, also takes in The Witness and Stardew Valley in early 2016. Games were important to me um, in that period because things just weren't particularly good. This sounds like I'm saying that me and Hannah were having marital problems. It's nothing like that, but I had some. I had. I had other things going on, and games were very definitely a like a safe space or whatever you want to call it for me, and also a way to connect with Hannah. Um, this is a game that Hannah and I played over the course of I think one evening. Okay, and and got to the end of it. It took about three and a half hours. Right. I was so, just thinking oh, I'm about to get busted out this evening, but I'm not going to. Yeah, we will. Hours. Oh, outrageous! You just told me that you weren't sleeping. Yeah, true. I'm obviously what better thing to do. Maybe this could be the answer. I've got this in my head. I've got this kind of bundled up bit like you have. But, um, before I let you carry on, my apologies. In kind That's of okay. the, the kind of like a resurgence of not resurgence, but like kind of like a, a slew of big indie games that were like really, really popular came out around the same sort of time. So in my head, I've got this and um, like Gone Home and Dear Esther, all these games that are, were yeah, I think they pre-existed um, this right. Okay, but they are they. I I understand what you're saying in terms of they they're akin. Yeah, it was like they're indie very games much... became big, but still retain being indie. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, they absolutely did. And they were doing different things as well. And the games that you've bundled it up with there, I think, put narrative Mm. uh, ahead of a lot of other things to the point where they were being called walking simulators in, in in both positive and negative terms. So people that wanted to deride those games would call them walking simulators and people that wanted to praise those games ended up calling them walking simulators. It was almost like they reclaimed the, the language, which is right, the double-edged sword. not often very successful, but what you know, was happened to say? Sorry, interrupts you. What did it what was I saying? I have no idea. Yeah, no. Nah, I can't remember what I was saying. No worries. I was probably really interesting as well. Definitely. Gosh darn. Never mind. So um do you, what else do you know about her story? So I mentioned the FMV thing, which I'm assuming isn't actually FMV but video capture. And is it that she's been interviewed in it? Is it? It's it. It's FMV. Well, I oh, don't understand the di- distinction between video capture and FMV. What's the difference? Well, isn't FMV, FMV is full motion video, horrendously compressed and distorted, and then video isn't? No, I think that's probably just a, a distinction you've made because of the way you were seeing FMV. I guess. Probably. Okay. Well, I stand corrected in that case. So I know it's got video in, and I think. The woman is being interviewed in a police station, and I'm guessing over the course of the game you find out why she's being interviewed, whether she's the suspect, whether she's a witness or something like that. Beyond that, I don't know anything at all. Yeah, that is the gist of the game, really. You have access to a database, and the database is made up of short clips of this lady. Her name in the game is Hannah Smith, and she's played by a British musician, actually, called Viva Seyfert, who also has a band. I think her most recent band is called Lunge. I haven't actually heard any of the music, but I found that in the... uh, in the research, so I thought I'd mention it just in case anyone wants to check it out. I, I'm not going to tell you anything really about the story because the whole point of the story is that you are unraveling what is going on, why she's there, as you've as you've rightly pointed out, and you do that using this database. So the database is a search searchable database. You can type in a word, and if that word appears in a video clip, then that video clip will be returned. Oh, the wow. database has a limitation of being able to return a small number of videos at any one time. So I think it's like five or something like that. So even if it will tell you how many videos have that word in and give you the the first five, the videos are sequences taken from seven separate interviews of this same lady. And over the course of those seven interviews, she will tell you her story. It's fantastic. I I want to say that right at the top of the uh, at the top of the episode. I don't think I'm going to have anything bad to say. I certainly don't have anything bad to say now about it. And this, so this was one of those games that me and Hannah, I don't know, I was going to say bonded over or escaped into or whatever it was, but it was certainly part of this flurry of games over the 2015, 2016 period that I, that stick very firmly or have stuck very firmly in my head as an experience. I think too few games aim for that short span that you can, do in an evening yeah three three hours in an evening i personally think well spent yeah we've talked uh a couple of years ago now we talked on the last year about florence about the game you mm. can complete that in about an hour and i thought that was great because while the game had its flaws i liked the fact that you could do it all in one evening and those yeah. games i've mentioned already gone home and Arresta are games that are similar i mean gone home i'm saying that i've downloaded on my switch i've not touched it at all but uh, one evening, at some God point... Home is great. But the, the, the complete flip side of that, at the moment I'm slogging my way through Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga, and I am really enjoying it. I was a bit dubious at first, but I've got into it now, and I, I do really, really enjoy it. Mm. And it is so, so unbelievably massive. So there are, I think there's between 30 and 40 hub worlds of planets that you go to. And each of those planets, these hub areas you go to, are chock full of challenges of missions and collectibles. And it's it's got so much so that I'll go to go to one and think, right, that's another two hours just going around exploring because they are genuinely that big. There's so much in mm. there. And while it is fun, it's nice to, to approach the game in different ways. You could do levels one day or you could replay missions the next day or whatever. Like just to have a game that is the complete opposite and just that quick in out comparatively three and a half hours, I think is brilliant. Yeah. So I think there's merits to getting absorbed into a game over a long period of time or a longish period of of time in the way that you are with Lego Star Wars. I think one of the more recent games, not probably not the most recent, but the more recent games that I remember that happening with to a great degree was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I spent and Hannah spent. This is we're talking <laughs> so recent. We're talking the first bit of 2021 like two two months hannah and i spent playing assassin's creed valhalla sort of parallel to one another that is absolutely massive 
the problem with it and and games of that type is that I haven't actually finished it because I got yeah. burnt out on on going back and it wasn't a case of me not enjoying it on a number of levels it's just that i had too much of it it wasn't even a case of me wanting to play something else it, it was just that there was a point where i went mm, maybe not today and then never really went back to it with this we played it as i said over the course for a, a few hours on an evening and one it compelled us to play it so we i knew what it was in loose terms but i made sure hannah went into it absolutely cold and then Hannah and I um, unraveled the mystery together over the course of three hours and the memory of that and the atmosphere around it the like the I, I'd like to say fervor but I think that's too strong a word but the I suppose the intrigue that Hannah and I felt over the course of those three hours was what drove us and actually I think as well it's informed future decisions that we've made so there's a, a board game for lack of a better word a boxed tabletop game called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective which reminds me a great deal of this in in that you get given in this box you get given 10 scenarios 10 oh, wow. crimes to solve and the first crime is like easy mode and then the second crime is slightly harder and the third crime and so on and alongside each of those crimes is one newspaper so for crime one you have access to one newspaper and a booklet that has got all of the characters and all of the locations and the people that you'd meet there. And you you say, I'm going to go here. And then you can open up the book and it'll tell you who you meet there and what they say to you. And you use that to try and solve the crime. And then you see how well you did compare, compared to Sherlock Holmes in the in like the scoring period. As you go through them, you get more and more to work with. So by the point of solving crime five you've got five newspapers that you control through and actually some of the some of those later crimes will refer back to pieces of news that you saw in in the first newspaper it kind of reminds me of this and i think that if we hadn't necessarily if we hadn't have played i don't it's hard to say because hannah and i like that kind of thing anyway but it, it certainly there's certainly things that remind me of it in well, sherlock Holmes consulting detective that sounds essentially like a board game game like a, a game a board game like a link between board game and a, a video game computer game this almost mm. with, i guess the use of video it, could you dub this as being like an interactive film as opposed to a game yeah so that's actually something that i wanted to point out uh, I, I might as well do it now so the other touchstone for me is interactive films and the most recent um attempt at that uh, as far as the public conscious is uh, concerned i imagine would be in netflix's bandersnatch yeah the so black thinking, mirror episode. I, tr- I tried to do and my telly wasn't compatible with it so never do that's it. unfortunate for you i suppose except for the fact that the whole experience came off in my view as a little bit trite and inconsequential and i didn't really care for the story it was trying to tell either so what i've written there is that actually the the whole genre of interactive film if you if if they're trying to distinguish themselves from video games and i don't necessarily know that the distinction exists in any meaningful way but if they are trying to distinguish themselves from video games well actually they have a lot to live up to in the form of her story and then i've written as well this was as close as i've ever been to an interactive film and a successful one interactive films tend to go down the route of being in a, a, a choose your own adventure style system uh, and i often think that even whether they're in book or film form i think that that's system tends to be quite frivolous or novelty and the choices that you make oftentimes feel inconsequential here you build up the narrative as you go but the narrative pre-exists your interaction with it so it's not that you're building a narrative it's that you're unraveling a narrative that already is there and piecing the the pieces together and i guess here there's a lot more agency because you are actively choosing the words that you type into the database in order to to search for so there's a lot more yeah choice that you have as opposed to like you say bandersnatch and other things where it's this thing happens do you choose option a or option b yeah this there's op- so, there's so many options there are two literary touchstones that always that that well there's one literary touchstone that sprung to mind for me and i will tell you what that is in a moment but i'll also tell you that in i've watched a an interview with sam barlow uh, not an interview a presentation it was the gdc presentation that he made about sam barlow? her story sorry sam barlow is the creator of her story i see so, other games yeah my apologies so in that there's a quote that he refers to from jg ballard a short story called the atrocity exhibition i think it's where he where jg ballard's talking about the atrocity exhibition which is a short story that a lot of people had trouble with and he tries to guide the reader and one of the things that he uh 
says is um, rather than reading things in sequence, rather than going from the middle, uh, going from the beginning to the end, from from start to finish, um, maybe try uh, sort of flicking to a page, reading a paragraph, and seeing what you get out of that, and then moving on in an in a, in a non sequential order, um, and that actually that's that's experiencing the book experiencing the story more in line with how it was created anyway um and and that is true for a lot of stories then it's very rare that a story is put together um in sequence from start mm. to finish that's a jj um, abrams book i say again book in inverted commas it was based like a folder of loads of random papers and you had to assemble your narrative based on that Am I, right. Well, that's I'm based on remembering that. That idea is based on a book from I think the 1920s or 30s called Adam's Jaw or something like that. Let me just. Sorry, I'm going to check again what that one was called because um, that one is a notoriously difficult book to decipher uh, to the point where it's seen as sort of a literary challenge. Oh, uh, right. I th- While we're talking about literature, while you're looking for that as well, I'm guessing this case. So, came in 2015. I'm thinking around that sort of time as well you had things like the girl on the train where you had that unreliable narrator that was again also a woman is there are there parallels between that and this um because that, that became no. quite a I, i'll be honest sub-genre. i don't think no i don't i don't no, think okay. that they're pulling from the same i mean they're pulling from the same genre I, uh he was interested in pr- police procedurals as well that was another inspiration for for him but i think in terms of what they actually achieve i, I think they're they're pulling from a different set of tools. Yep. Uh, the book that I was thinking of is Kane's Jawbone, and it's it's actually got the um, it's got the subtitle "A Novel Problem," which is super clever. Um, but yeah, it comes it comes unbound in a box, and you have to reconstruct yeah. the story as best you can. Now, there is a very popular book that purports to be that same sort of experience you know what that might be it might be the jj abrams film thinking of maybe maybe jj abrams mentioned this thing or maybe he mentioned that Kane's oh Kane's jawbone. Jawbone. yeah no I, i'm i'm sort of moving on to a different thing okay th- when when i played this and when i've been thinking about it uh this week uh there's another book that a lot of people have actually read and, and probably even more people have read in the most in more recent years because it's ended up being on television that is margaret outwards the handmaid's tale oh okay so have you read the handmaid's tale yeah i've read read that um i've watched the first two maybe three series of that and the fourth series i banged out because it got for me it got too far from the book and i was getting increasingly bored and frustrated with it okay i don't uh, know what the i don't know what the series does but i do think that it go it heads into the territory that is covered in the testaments which is the sequel that was yeah released and I've, a few years I've ago. read the testaments as well i really enjoyed that so the hamay's tale do you remember the coda at the end of the text not no. part of offred's story so for anyone i'm about to spoil an element an element of the hammer style but it's it's sort of extra narratorial um it it exists outside of offred's experiences uh but the end of the book and a lot of people forget this because the end of the book is an epilogue that is from the it is from is an extract from a talk done on the archaeology of Gilead, the talk is given in 2195, and it details the finding of and reconstruction of Offred's story, because Offred's story is not a written story. She recorded on tape cassettes, and then they found those tape cassettes, but the tape cassettes were strewn about. They weren't in any kind of order. So they then had to listen to all the tape cassettes and rework the story and figure out what, what order they thought the story could be uh, should be in. So the, the idea is that actually the story that you experience as Offred's lived experience might not be the case at all, because depending on how you connect those tapes up dictates the experiences she has if one thing happens after another thing after another thing then that then that might be a happy story but if if you decide that this thing happened before that thing or or so on then that might not be so happy and that's and that's what this is going for because the all the pieces of film are presented and you can do it in any order you want then it then you know piece of film a will have a different light depending on if you listen to it before watched it before or after piece of film e etc right that's interesting the as well. The experience you have certainly of this same story might well be might well feel different to mine because you will find things out in a different order and your brain will pick up on things that mm-hmm. I don't necessarily pick up on and see certain things in clip A 
as important, whereas my my brain might pick up on other things in Clippe and go in different directions. So with that point there, then, um, you mentioned completion times three to three and a half hours. What do you mm. define as completion time? Well, th- that's a good question because that's a thing that games get hung up on. And one yeah. of the things I think, again, from GD- from the GDC talk that Sam Barlow did, one of the things that he was trying to do was sort of break out of, of rigid ways of thinking that he felt that games had sort of got into. So he, he was talking about specific things that are novel to games as a genre that then dictated how games were made and how they were experienced. Um, the Stanley Parable from a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, in some ways, but that's at, uh, that's outside of the game. So that's Sambalo's thinking behind the game, as opposed to what actually happens in it. But um, he was he was thinking about that, and and I think this idea of a completion time kind of comes out of those same things. So like games are experience. They, I, I know this doesn't hold up for all games, but games are experiences from beginning to end. Certainly, narrative driven games. Here, the game length is dictated by how satisfied you are with the conclusions that you draw loosely i would say so me and hannah hannah and i to be grammatical about it uh, hannah and i were finished once we felt like we knew what had happened and that might that threshold might be met before we met it for a lot of people or after we met it there is also i don't think we experienced this but there is also again something that i can't really spoil but there is also a moment that the game breaks out of its reality, or not out of its reality, but breaks out of what you consider the game to be. It sort of interrupts that and gives you an extra piece of information that then kind of flips the the narrative on its head a little bit and, and the motivation for why you're doing what you're doing. That sounds very exciting. Yeah, but you might you, you certainly won't reach that tonight. But I wonder if you would actually be interested in playing this game to complete, given that it's short, mm. and uh, you could play it in in sort of half an hour chunks over over the course of a few days or even weeks, as long as you didn't forget what was going on. It's just been making me question just you saying that about what defines a, a completed game. So again, about Lego Star Wars, I've got a friend who has done all the missions, and he's not interested in, in going and hoovering it up, up all those collectibles to yeah to get it that's to finished hundred percent exactly. And what you know, what quantifies a finished game? Yeah, you know, if you're playing an RPG, a Final Fantasy game, is it 100 completed when all the characters have been leveled up to maximum level or whatever? Is it? Well, is it? Is it completed if you've done the story, but there's loads of extra stuff? You know, that it's 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 an interesting question. I've been wrestling with just while you were talking. Possibly the more interesting question is why does it matter so much? Oh, com- to people? Absolutely. That's, absolutely, that's really the question. I I've just detailed to you a game that that took many tens of hours out of my that sounds like i didn't enjoy it but assassin's creed valhalla i played that for close to 100 hours hannah i know was getting uh, was above that and i know other people that had done the same thing and and i also know people that had completed everything in it and it had taken them between 140 and 200 hours so a game like that is a is a massive investment at the same time i don't feel unsatisfied with my experience just because i haven't got the end to the story that Mm. they were telling Uh, to be honest i think that is a failure of the team as much as i think the game is fantastic that is a failure of the team in that they have not considered fatigue in delivering that story if they wanted people to get to the end of that main story then maybe they should have truncated it slightly but having said that i um i'd like to reiterate i enjoyed the time that i spent with it and i don't feel like i got anything less out of it than somebody that went around hoovering up everything on a map i think i got what i wanted out of it Hmm. so for me i think completion is you've completed the game the moment you're done with it really yeah (laughs) In, in a way you might not have finished a story you might not have done all of the side missions but the game is done when you want it to be done. And that's, I think, possibly, actually, un- unlike me in a lot of ways, that is quite a mentally healthy way <laughs> to think about gaming, which is supposed to be a hobby and not a chore. Yeah, completely. I like the idea of this being that there isn't a, a, a defined, you have completed the game. I like it that the story is there presented to you. You've got to, as you said, infer from it and the point to which mm. you think you have inferred completely. That's it, game done. And that's, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. And, and again, to come back to the uh, Sherlock Holmes consultant detective, you lose points for every... So this is the the board game or the tabletop game. You lose a certain number of points for every extra clue you use above and beyond 
what Sherlock managed to to do it in. So if you if he does it in three and you use fifteen, then for each of those extra ones you lose a certain amount of points. Right. Uh, but at the same time, as much as you're challenging Sherlock, as much as you're trying to buy against Sherlock and his score, you're also trying to get the right answer. So you have to, it, there's like this little balancing act between when you feel like you're done and when you feel like you should be done to beat Sherlock. Uh, I think that's an interesting mechanic and and one that's sort of mirrored here. So I, I'd also be very interested seeing games navigate that, that problem differently because so many of them tread the same path all of the time. And I think that what this is, what this game shows is that there are other ways through that problem. And I'd be interested to see something or other games try and do that. We've kind of had quite a natural conversation, which doesn't always happen. Usually one or other of us is trying to stick to a script. But um, there is, I've had a little trawl through my notes. And there is just one more thing that I we haven't found a place for. And it's understandable. But one of the, so I've said about um, one, there's two more things. So I've said about Sam Barlow uh, wanting to make sort of police procedural type experience and i think he has done that there was another general area of inspiration for him as well and that was games that didn't purported to offer a certain detective-like experience and didn't necessarily offer that and one of them was la noir which Uh i do have i have beef with personally because i think it's a shockingly bad game as opposed to the masterpiece that everybody else seems to think it is so Um, sambalo played that thought marking out better essentially yeah he said that it never really let him get stuck into the into the being a detective so drive around the city aimlessly and uh picking up film reels it's what a detective does yeah you used to you used to praise this game Mm. and i i'd be like i've retconned it in my mind you've retconned it have you oh right okay yeah i'd I'd be the lone voice in the corner saying oh this is really bad what is this and everybody else would be it was fine. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. I'm afraid it was bad. I And I agree with what Sambalo's uh, problem with it was, because you never get the chance to actually be a detective, because the, the game is always trying to lead you by the nose. Yeah. And there are all these false choices, like, oh, you can you can press X, triangle, or square, or whatever it was, and, and your response will be totally different, or whatever. It's bullshit. It, was it different? It, you end up in the same places all all the time. Well, you, you'd fail the interview and then just replay it and then have to try and figure out, okay, what the game wants me to do is yeah, to do Yeah, what does the game this. want me yeah. to do? Exactly. That that really is the problem. You never get a chance to just read through, you know, like find some stuff in the crime scene, pass it, and then try and figure out why that is what, what it is. You know, that's just not what the game offered. Um, he also talks about other games like Ace Attorney, being sort of on rails all the way through so you again sort of always having to guess what the game wants you to do with what it's presenting as opposed to being able to unravel it for yourself and actually i think that his address to that in in her story or his redressing of that issue in her story is a good one i think that you are left to be a detective and to unravel things and actually to get to certain pieces of information you do have to sort you have to sort of take a side step from where you are and and try and walk a slightly different path to where you wanted to get to so there's that okay uh there's also a thing that we just haven't landed on in this conversation and it is that during the creation during the like research and development phase of this of this game for sambalo one of the things that he started to do, one of the things that he did to try and test out the the system that he wanted to build, which ended up being her story, was look at real life criminal cases. Did he do a so, crime so he could be uh, banged up? No, he oh. did something else. It speaks of the dedication and fixation of the man because he took a crime. He took a case about a boy or a young man called Christopher Porco. No, no, laugh at that. I, I thought you might laugh at that, and then I was going to undercut you. But Porco, c- Porco, c- come on, it's it's a crime. There's, there's, there's oh, no humour there. Yeah, well, I was going to undercut you by saying that he murdered his parents. Exactly. And then you were going to feel bad because you laughed at Porco. Well, it, it is quite a funny name. It is quite a funny name, but he also murdered his parents. So, yeah, so you take the rough of the smooth. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so he took he took that crime. He implemented the system. He he sort of chopped it up. And he, no, okay, yeah, he he took he took the interviews, he took the interviews of Christopher Porco by the police, and he I don't know how I don't know how else to say it, but he broke them apart and 
he implemented the game systems on that and he also was able to see that through looking at that the the transcri- transcriptions of of that case he was able to see that there were certain themes that just kept coming up and coming up and one of them for example was money so he would be talking about one thing and Christopher Porco would somehow manage to link this disparate piece of information to money and it turned out in the end and it was happening time and time and time again it turned out in the end that Christopher Porco had killed his parents so that he could get the inheritance right so so money was coming up for Christopher Porco in these completely unrelated ways and the crime that he committed was related to money uh, was, and it was only through dissecting it that Chris uh, that, that Sam Barlow sort of cottoned on to that was Porco then subconsciously mentioning money a lot because that was what the case the, the link was or was it deliberate I think yeah I think that's what the in, implication is yeah that um that he was money driven and possibly money obsessed and that was right. what led him down the path that that he ended up taking but that then informed the game because he went back through the script that he he'd been writing and he started to thematize it a little bit more right. and started seeding in these threads of of different thoughts and feelings and subconscious um motivations uh smith's character uh yeah he also did it for a different one which was a young lady who had got married and then killed her husband i can't remember um what he said about that but it was the same sort of idea that he'd watched quite a lot of these police interviews and seen and learned a lot from them and implemented them in this game so yeah that's everything that i've got to say about her story well i am we've run really excited to play this it's very good i'm hoping you like it as much as i do Feels a bit weird to be back on a desktop from 2022 as opposed to using a computer from the late 90s. Yeah, I don't actually know when the game takes place. That's an interesting query. I hadn't thought about actually when it takes place. So I know something about the game that contextualizes when exactly it takes place that you probably don't know, uh, which I'll probably tell you before the episode's out. Okay, okay. It's maybe a good time to say we are going to talk openly about the story as far as we understand it anyway. And there will be some quite major spoilers for her story in the game. It, there will be some quite major spoilers for her story in this half. If you have any trust in our opinions at all, I would. then I think we would both agree. Outrageous. I think we would both agree that you should go and play it. It is... Still as good as it was. At the time of recording, it's currently on offer on Steam. It's £3.59, which is a bargain. Mm. So if you're interested in playing, uh, pause here, go and play it, and then come back and listen to us talk about it. If you have already played it, then obviously listen on. Yep. So that's the spoiler warning out of the way. So going back to the desktop for reference there, the game all takes place on a virtual desktop. Um, It's one of the documents you can see on the back of the desktop is a readme text file, and it says that that it takes place in at least 2000 or 2001 because it said that it, this was all done as part of a process for digitizing all these police interviews and then it mentions the yeah. y2k the millennium bug so that gives a bit of a time frame reference as 2001 yeah that's a good um that's a good spot i hadn't thought about that and and the fact that that time uh, that uh, dates it to that period but yeah there's another thing that dates it and I, I, as I say, I will, I will tell you, but I will save it till later because I want to discuss what your, I mean, what your thoughts were in general on the game, but also what your thoughts were on what's going on. I'm just setting the scene first because I want to also reference that text file having an ASCII art. I always assumed that was pronounced ASCII, but I don't know if that's right ASCII, or not. ASCII, ASCII art, yeah, I called it. Seen some ASCII art, so I've not seen those back since you know going game fakies back in the day when people used to use amazing pictures using mm. ASCII art. That, that was that was really nice for me to to see that. Well, that was also a reference to, I think it was a reference to like um, hacking groups because the the ASCII art that you're referring to was attached to a game called Mirror Game, which is just a version of Othello or Reverse Eye, 
whatever you know that game by, the board game, that is in the recycle bin. And then the readme text file that is in the recycle bin, is it refers to some kind of hack mm. for the game. So yeah, I think it's like a callback to the scene, as they used to call it, for, for uh, hacked games. The scene. But this whole desktop... Um, also has really lovely effects, which I managed to turn, I figured out you could turn off. So it had this thing where there was like a, a, a glare to create, make it look like, or make you feel like you were actually on a, a, a PC from that time, which really brilliant effect, but I felt a bit relieved to be able to turn it off because it was making my eyes hurt a bit, which you actually mocked me for. I didn't mock you. I was just really surprised that it didn't occur to me that that might be an issue. Like it just, I'm to me, it's a little boy. Apparently so. But to me, that is, uh, it, it creates quite a lot of atmosphere because you've got that and then you've got the flickering lights that suggest that you're in some kind of dingy, dark space. Uh, you can hear a hum in the background, which I'm assuming is the, the cooling tower of the PC you're on. Or the lights. I, I Maybe, thought it was uh, the lights, you know, like um, halogen, not halogen. What are they called? Those big long ones. I don't know. I don't yeah, know the big long strip lights you get in an office. Lithium, yeah, lithium and they've bulbs. got a name. No, lithium's batteries. Oh, oh God, they're, we they're sound not lithium ridiculous. at all. We sound like we're in the Victorian age trying to figure yeah, out we do, modern technology. Naphtha! Naphtha lighting! <laughs> <laughs> what were we saying? Something serious. So about the atmosphere. Yeah, so I think actually you're, to- you're trying to set the scene and I think that all of those effects actually went some way to setting the scene for you playing the game they did yeah there is actually an important story element to those things as well but again it's tied to the revelation that i'm going to deliver for you that also dates the game somewhat so we need to talk before we talk about that we need to talk oh i also i think being able to turn it off given your experience with those effects I assume that's some level of accessibility option. So mm, yeah, I think so. Um, I I think the fact that you can turn it off is a good thing. I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. I just was surprised it it never occurred to me that it would be a problem. So I assumed this all take took place on a police computer because of the, what's on the desktop and, and everything as well. What's the what's the revelation going to tell me then? Was that true or not? Well, it is taking place on some level, some kind of police database. This is all. This is all related to oh, the police. I thought it was going to be I, some big reveal where it, it wasn't at all. It was, you know, like it was all a dream type well, thing or something. You, we'll, we'll get to that because okay, what okay. I want to know first is before you know any of that, what have you made of the game? What have you made of the narrative? I, Those are two separate questions that you can answer in any order. I thought the game was brilliant. The, the database you're presented with, as we outlined in the first half, you could use the search function to, to find clips you could only find five at a time but in the search bit it told you how many clips were brought up by what you searched in so i think for example at one point i typed in a name and it told me there were 18 matches but i could only see the first five of those so that made me think okay there's 30 more i've not accessed that i'll enter that name in some way so you've got to then use a bit of boolean search um technique to actually find those the 13 clips uh, and one of the text documents on desktop did talk you through how to use two words and use inverted commas to actually be able to refine your searches and find them more specifically. I thought all that was brilliant because I liked the fact that I was given things but rather than just, you know, if there were 18 clips, I would have just gone through all 18 one by one and just watched them all. But because I had mm. to be a bit more savvy and approach the game in a bit of a different way to do that, I really liked that because it was giving me much more responsibility. Yep. So that's the kind okay. of how the game functions because essentially it's just yeah. search for clip watch clip job done yeah it's worth actually digging down into that because one of the things that i pointed out to you when you were playing was that actually what this game really boils down to at its very core is a searchable word document full of scripts and saying it like that makes it sound like ridiculous I don't know what it makes it sound. It, it certainly doesn't sound all that engaging. And yet, the way that it's presented and the... Yeah, the way that it's presented elevates it to a level that is beyond, I think, a lot of ex- a lot of far more expensive experiences that you can uh, you can have in this, in this hobby. It reminds me as well. So another one of those games that's in my 2015-16 Greatest Hits uh, catalogue is The Witness. And The Witness is a puzzle game an abstract puzzle game that presents you with a series of boards that task you with following a set of rules defined on the board that you're looking at and drawing a line and that's it that's the witness and the witness does that over and over again for hundreds and hundreds of puzzles using different rules 
and it's set on this really lavishly designed, quite beautiful, beautifully presented island. It's a super simple concept. The the puzzles that you're tackling are, you know, pretty, at first at least, easy to get your head around. And they get more and more complex and you're engaging with them in deeper and deeper ways. And then it does some little, it, it makes this little this tiny little change or something changes in your head and it redefines the way that you're looking at the game and the world that exists in but at its core it's a very simple to explain drawing a line puzzle game (laughs) and it's interesting that those two things uh this and that were were sort of coming up at the same time because they they're two things that take very simple concepts and elevate them to very lofty heights Absolutely. as far as I'm concerned anyway. Yeah, because the elevator pitch for this doesn't really sell the game particularly. You know, as I said in the first time, right at the start, I knew vaguely what the game was about, but having played the game, it is so much more than watching clips of this woman talking. Yeah, yeah. So the thing that I really like about this, about her story, that I didn't talk to you about or touch on in the first half, because I wanted you to experience it unsullied, is that you go into this game sort of knowing what to expect in terms of oh it's it's some level i i said it's police procedural was an inspiration and that there there are seven interviews with this lady and you go into it thinking that you know what to expect and that is that a crime has been committed the game also sets you up to do that because the first when you when you loot when you load the game up the first search term is filled in for you and the first search term is murder so it sends you down a very uh stereotypical route for for any kind of game like this or any kind of media like this because murder is one of the central tenets of police procedurals they they tend to they tend to be quite prolific in that genre murders um so you go in you go oh a murder's been committed i'm going to find out who done a murder and and that's and it makes you think that the woman that is talking is the person who has done the murder yeah Potentially, yeah. So you're searching around this idea that somebody's done a murder and it all feels very normal. Someone's done a murder, I'm finding out who. But then it starts to open up and it starts to give you little tidbits of information about other aspects of this lady's life. And you start finding that not only are you interested in figuring out who's done a murder, but you also want to know who Florence is or who Carl is. Or, or maybe you know enough to know who Carl is, but you want to know why events with Carl shook out the way that they shook out. I'm saying, Carl, your face looks blank. No, Did you um, find Carl? Yeah, I the, the name. I so actually said during the course of this quite early. I said you might want to get a notebook and make a few notes, and I'm really glad that he did. If you haven't played it, that would be a really good thing to do. Although I'm assuming if you haven't played it, you're not listening to this bit already. I started jotting down words names places that were cropping up because i wanted to Mm. to look into them a bit more and what was inevitably happening was as i was looking into glasses for example because in the first few clips i watched uh the the woman mentioned simon the person who'd been murdered having his glasses having glasses reading and she kept talking about it quite a lot and i thought well is that quite a big clue so i went down the route looking at glasses and then while talking about glasses the pub that they used to go to quite a lot came up. So I started querying about that and searching about the pub. And then it went into who works at the pub. And I went down this path and I kept going down this little path. So I ended up scrolling down. There's probably about 20 to 25 different words or names that I've got Mm. on this notebook in front of me. And that's such a useful uh, thing to have. You have also got the search history. So you can look back and see previous searches and how many matches you had as well, which again, within the game is really useful as well. Uh, I can't remember what the point was I was going with that, but uh, I think, um, it was about I, I Carl. Said, did you I, yeah. did you find out about Carl? So yes, Carl is on my notes. I don't think I got too far no. in with Carl, as it were. But the, so so the game the game sets you up to think that you're searching, uh, you're trying to figure out one mystery. But then at almost every single turn throughout, from from beginning to end of the experience, you're being seeded lots of other little mysteries. So and some of them are mysteries, and some of them are red herrings, and some of them relate to the murder, and some of them don't. And some of them, frankly, are much bigger mysteries than the murder itself so this is the point that we will be moving into quite explicit spoiler uh, territory so do, do you feel like you have got a good grasp of what happened so, or at least elements of what happened so i think i know more about the person that's being interviewed i i didn't get into actually 
ironically, I'm not sure I was ironically. The murder. I didn't get into the murder at all. I have no idea what happened with the murder, but I know a lot about this woman and a lot about her life. Hmm. And I think if you, given a little bit more time, given the three or so hours that I think that you need to sufficiently plumb the depths of the game, uh, you'd probably find that there are there are little tendrils that that run between all of these different mysteries. So the murder and the mystery surrounding Hannah or Eve. Oh, yes. So tell me, tell me what you know. Tell me as much as you know. So. Eve came up. Was it Eve? Came yeah. Eve came up as a name during the the, the interviews. So I searched that, and the woman that was being interviewed uh, in some clips she said she was called Hannah, and in other clips she was said she was called Eve. So I got very confused by that. So I looked into that a little bit more. So the woman being interviewed is two different people. So in some clips she is Hannah, and some clips she is Eve. So I don't know if it's maybe twins because she mentioned being born in in. She, she mentioned what they are twins because she says, uh, when I was born, I came out, it looked like Eva tried to strangle me with the umbilical cord. So I was like, oh, blimey. And that was a massive revelation. I did not see that coming at all. That was such a brilliant twist. So Florence came up as being a neighbor who was also a midwife. So what I think happened is that the Hannah and Eve were, were born, as usually happens. Florence, the neighbor, took one of them in and they lived opposite. And she said that... I wasn't allowed to leave the house. I'd stay in the house. I was a secret, but it, it wasn't. Um, nappies were constantly going in and out because she was a midwife, so no one really paid any attention. No one really knew I was there. And then I think, and I'm doing some inference here, I think they ended up, Hannah and Eve ended up living together. And then there was this whole conversation I had with her where she was talking about how when they were 18, one of them would would uh, get boyfriends and the one wouldn't, but then they sort of took it in turns as to who was with the boys and who wasn't. So that, again, opened up lots of possibilities and questions in my mind. Uh, and Mira came up a few times. They, they, they talked as well. She talked about the names being palindromes, Hannah, Eve, and then Mira obviously feeds into that, the idea of reflections about them being parallels of each other. Uh, I think that's about as much plot as I uncovered as nuances yeah. to it beyond that and things i've not mentioned but that's as much as i understand yep okay i mean it's quite a lot isn't it it's quite so, a lot yeah uh, and and actually it's and it's also stuff that you weren't aware was even going to come up but actually is a mm. bigger mystery than than the murder itself in in some ways and actually that is also um to you know that as i said as i implied there might be links between um the murder and those elements of, of plot as well. Um, I'm kind of going to try and not spoil exactly what happened, just in case you do actually um, go back to this. Because I don't think is it is it entirely improbable that you would do so. Yes, I think I would. I, the the mystery and what's happened and everything has really like got to me, and like I, I want to uncover more of more of what's happened so as, as you yeah. go forward if you could i mean you know if, if you're if sports do equal that's obviously fine but uh yeah okay well i think there's one thing that i will tell i will be spoiling okay. for you as long as you're happy with it yeah, but sure. it's not it's not uh vital to the mystery it's just a a, tw a bit of a twist that comes at what you might consider the end um because the game does have i'll do it now the game does have an end in in so much as you're on this computer and you're using this search database to try and find out what's been going on you plug uh, you you piecing together the stuff outside of the game in your notebook and in your head um but at some point once when you've seen a certain number of and or specific clips a chat box will appear on your window okay. uh, on your computer and the chat box will ask you i can't remember what it, exactly what it asks you but it asks, it asks you if you've seen enough or something like that and at that point you can go outside and meet the person that's asked you uh, that's that's on this chat box right. with you and the revelation is that the so you've turned your reflections off in game yeah but every so often the lights will flicker and what you'll see is and what i uh, clued you into in the first half what you'll see is that the person on the computer is a woman and that woman what you find out in this sequence towards the end of the game that woman is actually um hannah slash eve's daughter sarah 
Holy smoke. Who they, yeah. So they, and, and what you, what you assume, I, at least what I assumed is that uh, when you start the game, what you assume maybe is that you are a detective working on a case and that it's all very straightforward in that way. But what actually one of the read me texts suggests, it says, it says something like really do read me or something like that yeah, on, the back, yeah. uh, on the desktop. Um, one of those already seeds this idea that it's not as straight cut as that because it's like it says something like oh it took a lot for me to get hold of this um or whatever Mm. um and the reason that somebody's been trying to get hold of it for the person that's using it is because this lady is trying to find out about her family history right and the sordid events surrounding her birth i suppose so this so reckon this takes place in 2001 all the video clips have the timestamp of 1994 in the top corner. Mm. Yeah. So how old's the daughter then? She can't be six accessing a police computer. No. Well, this is this is why when you said about 2001, have I just have I just maybe because it mentioned about them being digitised with a million book, have I just therefore assumed yeah, it's from 2000? Assumed that would make more that, sense. Yeah, because because this lady is an adult who is uh, looking into her past. But at the same time, she's also working on a CRT uh, CRT uh, monitor. So I can't remember exactly when they fell out of favour, mm. but it was certainly in the mid-noughties, yeah, wasn't I'd it? Say so, so. But then, uh, again, for another at the same time, at the same time, if she's in a dingy basement somewhere in the depths of a police station, um, surreptitiously looking up all of these details in the dark, then perhaps it is an old, shonky CRT uh, hooked up to a a very old dusty computer mm. who who knows but that is that is one of the big revelations towards the end however it's got really nothing very little to do with the actual central mysteries that are floating around this narrative um you have uncovered some of the mysteries there are others to get to and i'm not going to spoil them for you Bro. but the they do all intertwine and there is also there are a few key clips as well that um that's that sort of shed light on the veracity of various different things or lack thereof right so so those are the things that you're sort of looking at uh, looking at finding um so that you can uh, and the more that you find the more you will get the closer you will get to what might be the truth yeah. and what might not be the truth but i think one of the uh, I think one of the strengths of the game is that there is a tremendous amount of ambiguity built into into the entire thing. And so in the end, you are going to have to make a judgment call for yourself on what is true and what is not. Mm. Which, again, is really clever. I was just thinking about the ambiguity mm. of the story. I was thinking about, about how some things spread out, some things aren't. Uh, it, it's reminding me of a book, but I'm not sure if it's a really appropriate place to talk about this book, but I'm going to crow bright anyway. So a lot of what happens, the themes and, and references, remind me of a book I read last year called The Last House on Needless Street. The similarities being that fact that's also about two houses facing each other and that one person is watching what's going on in the, in the other house and mm. that there's strange things happening and you have to piece together what's, what's happening. Um, the, the book is told from multiple perspectives. So the three people that live in the house, there's a man, a girl, and a cat. And the book, I don't think it alternates between, but it goes from those three perspectives. And things happen in each of those narratives, in each of those perspectives, that contradict the others, or something mm. happens in one, and then it's retold from another perspective, or a reference to it is made that contradicts what's happened in the previous narrative. Yeah. It's a re- it's an amazing book. Like the, tw- the twists in that were absolutely fantastic. So while her story, as you said has those ambiguities to it. The last house on the street does spell it out. You do understand by the end, but I really enjoyed the journey to get there. Yeah. I think they also both, they share um, the, the theme of subjective subjectivity completely narratives as well. So um, I think that that is a very valid thing to bring up. The other, the other touchstone for that, I think in popular culture would be Rashomon, which is, and Akira Kurosawa film that yeah. uh, shows the same crime happen from multiple different uh, points of view. Third series of the, of the um, League of Gentlemen. Well, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is that is a reference. That is a direct reference to that film. Yeah, yeah, I know. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, that was just sure, a, I was actually was, I was just clarifying for myself because I couldn't remember yeah. exactly how that went down. No, that, that was the first time I'd ever seen that when that aired in late 2002, and I was think I remember thinking at the time I was about 14, 15, thinking this is incredible. Yeah, well, I hadn't I didn't actually watch Rash. I didn't watch the League of Gentlemen when it first aired, so I missed out on that. And then I only watched Rashomon in 2007, so you're ahead of me on that. There one. you go. I haven't actually told you why we ended up playing this game. I, I have told you that I, I had other plans and that I veered away from them in favour of this. Um, there's a very simple reason that we're playing this, and it's because I opened up Steam this morning and found on the front page a sale was going on. And the sale was for a game called Who Pressed Mute on Uncle Marcus, which is a an FMV murder mystery with an apparent twist in which some family's uh, Uncle Marcus gets poisoned. And your goal is to figure out who killed Uncle Marcus. It's on sale at the moment for £6.69, and it's made by a company called Wales Interactive, who, when I looked into them, they actually specialise in this form of game. Okay. So obviously that put me in in um, mind of her story mm-hmm. as being one of the uh, sort of... Forefathers, uh, forebears. Well, I I say forerunners. Yeah, I say forerunners of foremothers. of this specific type of FMV. Yeah, yeah not foremothers, uh, or foremothers. Yeah, foremothers will be fine. Although it's debatable, isn't it? Because Sam Barlow's the creator. And True. Therefore... But anyway, forerunners because it's gender neutral. Well, I didn't realise that that um, this had become a whole subgenre. So that's interesting as well. Well, I didn't either. So I was quite interested when I saw that Wales Interactive are a, are a company that specialise in this genre uh, on its own because I just didn't think that that had happened. I didn't know that there was there was an entire industry uh, of sorts around this one genre. Um, I'm certainly going to be looking into their games, and I would advise that other people you know have a go at her story if you i mean if you're hearing this you should have had a go at her Hopes. story already Hopes. or or you're some kind of sadist who hates hates themselves enough that they don't want to listen to uh, watch her story or you're hannah or eve all along or what or yeah maybe is hannah or eve all along perhaps if However, you would just like to play something uh, that's coming out this year as opposed to something that came out in 2015. Well, Sam Barlow's next game is coming out this year. It's called Immortality. And it, it, it operates along the same lines in that you get given a story that is that plays out over multiple clips that are searchable. Um, the story is about... Uh, the story of Immortality follows an, a young female actor who uh, I don't really know much about because I've I've purposely avoided it, but who you do have a lot of clips of various different things, like uh, she appears on some talk shows and she appears in some films, unsurprisingly for an actor, um, and and other things. And you can search those both as uh, transcripts in the same way that you do with her story, but the new element to it is that you can also do um, shot matches so if she appears in a film or if somebody appears in a film or or a clip you can take a frame of that uh you can take the the image and you can take a snippet of that image say somebody's face and you can search for that face in the other clips oh my that, that very are on complicated the, on the system yeah and i don't know whether you could also search for other things you know like if there's a candle in the dining room uh whether you'd be able to search for candles or whatever but yeah it, it sounds interesting well, to me anyway it sounds interesting you mentioned that as well we haven't talked about this uh we should give a, a massive shout out to the the actor playing uh her in her story uh you mentioned her name in the first half because she's absolutely tremendous she's she's phenomenal isn't yeah she? she's called viva safert i'm hoping that i'm saying her name correctly and she's a musician as well as as an actor she hasn't really done all that much acting when i looked into it she's done a couple of voices in in video games which is a real shame because she is uh, as far as i'm concerned she's the I mean, well, she, she not she even is, as far as I'm concerned. I was going to say she's the star. Yeah, well, she's the game. If she If she wasn't as good as she is, then the whole thing would fall apart. But it doesn't. You really, truly buy Absolutely. into her as a character because of her tremendous acting. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good call. 
Great. Well, thank you for being us, Ashley. And uh, thank you for listening. Next week, we're on episode 110, the big 110. So we're going to be doing a game that we've not done before. Either of us have played at some point, I mean. Oh, yeah. I momentarily forgot what it was, but I remember what it is now. Yeah, we've we've found it quite looking forward to that one, actually. Uh, So that's something to look forward to. In the meantime, remember to join us on all the social medias and like, share, subscribe, rate and review. And we'll see you next week for 110. Yay. See you later. Bye. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.